You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. Yes, folks, here we are at Dublin South FM. Each week, as you know, I try to bring you a different guest, a different perspective of life from around the world. People that I hope will inspire you and make you actually take action in some way or not. Have you ever felt yourselves that you wanted to jack in everything? Have you ever felt like you were burnt out? There was a deep calling inside that you wanted to act, but fear held you back. Well, my next guest decided to do that. Brave, I have to say, because a lot of us would want to do what she did, but we have a lot of fear, commitment. Who knows what's going on in our heads? But we put the brakes on and say, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Ashmi, welcome to Dublin South FM. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yes. A, a lady, I have to say, who worked in Silicon Valley, was working, could have been at the top of the empire, but had a deep calling inside that, let's call it intuition. Let's call it that gut feeling. But you had that intuition to go, something's not right here. I have to make a change. But I don't think that just happened with yourself, you know, there and then. You must have had this feeling within you from an early age. Can mm. you tell us what happened? Yeah, I mean, um, as a young child, I've always felt connected to the magic of the universe. But throughout school and my career, I kind of lost that spark. But I've had so many um, profound experiences. The first one I remember is in 2015. I was still working in Silicon Valley, but also doing this personal development retreat and course that was shifting a lot within me. And one morning I woke up and I really felt this kind of blanket of calm and this white light come down. And that whole day was so magical. And it was almost like I was in a different reality or frequency. I didn't really have the words to describe it at the time, but it showed me that maybe there's something more to this reality than what we've thought. And maybe there's another way of being like that bliss I felt was just profound. I've never felt anything like it. And it's almost like, am I on a drug? But I'm not. <laughs> and I felt so grounded and calm. And it was as if the people I encountered, how I was feeling and being, everything was just a bit more calm, a bit shinier. Um, and it felt like I had taken like a potion of luck. Um, and from that day, I've always had that seed within me of what if there's something more? And I started reading um you know, I've always heard about the law of attraction and this quantum reality and, you know, changing frequencies. But that voice within me was like, is it really true? Like, can everyone experience it? Or maybe it's a little bit true, but how much can we actually um, rise into this? And so my journey was about kind of seeing for myself um, and experimenting. A lot of us have those experience, our hope to have those experience mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. oh, life is changing or that haha -ha moment. And a lot of people do as well have them, but they only have them for a split second. And then their mind kicks back in and pulls them back into the reality that they know. What was different with yourself? What, what was the steps that made that different that you actually then could follow through on that? 
I think it was very similar to other people. I mean, it was a series of very tiny baby steps that at the time I felt like nothing's changing. I'm still stuck stuck in the cycle of working and burning myself out and hoping for more, but not really making a change. But it got to the point where kind of I hit rock bottom. Um, I was working at a tech company in Silicon Valley and it had grown so fast and so quickly. And I'd risen up the ranks to work alongside executives and I was loving it, but also overworking myself and working 90 hours a week, waking up with heart palpitations, anxiety. Um, and I had a huge moment where... I just burnt my fuse. I couldn't even move from my couch. And I realized that this isn't what I want. You know, I can't keep going. I'm losing my health. Um, it was a wake-up call. Was it a dream job? Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, I've been very lucky with that. Um, and at that time, I defined it as a dream job. But yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and the reason I asked that is because we have times where we go, this is a dream job. Mm -hmm. And then you realize it's not the dream job because what a lot of people do, they look for fulfillment because there is a gap and they try and move and do things which they think will make them happy. And then after a while, that excitement is lost and they are back where they are. And that's why people keep yep. searching on that journey. But yeah. tell me this, when you decided uh, this must have been sort of building and building on and getting out of here and getting out of here and getting out of here. When you decided. What did my family say? <laughs> um, they were very supportive, actually, because they had seen me go through my burnout and they knew that though I was following what I had said to them is my dream job. They saw me losing my connection to my spirit and my heart. I was just being more short, impatient, stressed out. So they supported me. But um, I feel like. Anytime you choose to leave the matrix or the conventional roles, um, you do get a lot of judgment um, from peers. Um, I felt it a lot from kind of my colleagues and peers who are feeling like maybe it's a bit of judgment that they're projecting onto me. And the biggest thing was my own self-judgment of, can I actually do this? Um, the self-doubt was massive. And so many times I second-guessed myself. It's uh, self-worth is the real yes. thing and you know i've i've learned over the years as well that if someone you know whatever they're doing in their life whatever prices they're quoting whatever people are dealing with it's all boils down to self-worth and understanding what your own self-worth is so what happened then you're, you're like at the moment you you move from high drive let's call it socialite you know Silicon Valley, when people around the world hear of, it, hear of it, they think of tech success and all the trimmings. And you went from there to the furthest place possible <laughs> with no tech. Yep. <laughs> I'm in the forest now. But, um, you know, even, even the step towards moving towards my own spirituality, because uh, I think in the conventional world, spirituality is uh, branded as woo-woo, a little airy-fairy. You see it in mainstream movies and books, the way it's described. And for a while, I denied myself that curiosity I had as a child. 
Um, and I kept thinking, no, if I follow this, I won't be seen as credible or smart. Um, what will my friends think of me or my colleagues and peers? But the moment I kind of gave myself permission to explore what it means for me and just explore my natural curiosity, come back to my true essence, my childhood essence, um, that's when the doors started opening and it led me down this path to so much magic and synchronicity and kind of this timeline jump into a brand new reality that was totally unrecognizable to where I was coming from. And I don't regret it. <laughs> you, you, you say there like the magical things happen and, and mm-hmm. one, one of the things as well, you're right about the new age spiritual movement. It's all smelly love candles mm-hmm. and feeling and, and, and let's give everybody a hug, but through connection with your own divinity and that spirit within is about truth and courage. You yes. know, it's if it's it's do no harm to no one, cause no harm to no one's property, but stand up for yourself as well. And 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 it's that truth and courage. And if you have that truth and courage, th- those things change in your life as well. Mm-hmm. So yes. you're right about that. But what about you know? There's people listen to this, and they're living in an apartment, mm-hmm. and they have three kids. And they're going, oh, she's, oh, she's so lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when you have baggage as well, it's a different circumstances. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not for them to move out to the woods, to move from Silicon Valley to Australia. It's for them to find their own path because divinity, spirit, the spirit will, or let's call it grace. Grace will show you that person where they need to go and what they need to do. Yeah. It's not about the external journey. It's not even about traveling or going anywhere. I feel like right now in the world, we're seeing a mass global awakening and this is happening while people are in lockdown in their own apartments. But what the great journey is, is going within yourself and looking at all the aspects of yourself that you've either rejected or been blind to all your fears are going to come up. Um, I mean, I feel like we're in this pressure cooker right now globally through outward events, but also within us. And it's this time where all the darkness, all the shadows within us, everything we were kind of blind to has to come up to the surface to be seen. And as we see it and feel it, we are healing it and we're kind of raising our vibration. Ashmi, you said it there that everybody's worst fear or nightmare is going to come up and I, I get a feeling that it's moving faster and faster. And all those fears and all those nightmares that people are going to experience are happening to them for a reason. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people won't get that. Um, yes. But it's happening in such a way for them to face their fear. And when you are at a level of understanding who you are, and and that spark with inside, that fear doesn't really have a power over you because everything in the world at the moment is designed to give everybody what they want, but mm-hmm. so nobody knows what they need. And it's everything is external and making everyone look outwards and, you know, believe what you know, radio was saying or believe what TV is saying or, or, or the political system or whoever. 
and tuned into that bubbling up and keeping that fear. But if people really stop for a moment and look mm. within and and hold that space with grace within them, that fear then sort of dissipates. Would you agree with that? Exactly. I feel like we often try to suppress our fears, emotions, you know, and growing up, I was taught not, well, I'm kind of told myself not to cry much. So I suppressed my tears. And now what I'm realizing is whenever I'm triggered or whenever something comes up, instead of trying to ignore it or distract myself, I just sit with it and ask myself, what is this showing me? Why is this hurting so much? What part of me needs to be loved? Hmm. When we sit with stuff, say we have a, a question or we have to make a, 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 a go down that crossroads is it your first reaction that you get or is it then you just sit with a long time and something comes up and you go with it like mm. the question that you know the quest that a lot of people are on is how do I know I'm on the right path and how do I know if I follow this path I'm going to be on the right path or am I going to go down a worse path? Mm. And the question then, is their journey to experience something a lot worse? And is that the journey that they've asked to be here for? I feel like we're all learning. We're in a crash course of listening to our intuition and deciphering that from the voice of fear in our mind. And often the mind will go round and round in circles and give excuses or drag you into fear, whereas the heart and intuition speaks way more calmly. It might be a little quieter and it will sound like just your own voice in your head, but it will feel very calming. It will be consistent. It won't give excuses. Um, and that's what I've learned um, through writing and journaling. I've actually learned how to channel my higher self and my heart. And that's where the messages about the collective started coming through. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. You were journeying at an early age, uh, which helped you. And then you gave it up and <laughs> then you took it up again. Mm-hmm. Was it those teenage years that we all go through, that unpredictable teen, teenage years that thought we all know everything? Yeah. That made you throw it, all, <laughs> throw it all to the wind and go, I know better, Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was journaling from probably age eight to 15. But then, uh, yeah, I just threw, threw it into the wind and um, I started doubting my ability to write or even tune in. Even though at a young age, um, it felt like I was communicating with a more wise part of myself because, of course, I'll rage and vent at the top of the page. But by the bottom of the page, this wisdom would come through, this higher perspective. And I feel like we're all able to tap into that and we all communicate with it in different ways. And for me, it was writing. Uh, You say there, tap into it. How did you or how do you tap into it and how would you advise other people to tap into Mm. their own inner connection as well? Yeah, we have to let go of the mind and of expecting it to look or feel or be a certain way, including our own self-judgment of, oh, no, I'm stuck or oh, nothing's coming. Because when the words come or whenever the inspiration comes, it's when you're not trying. 
So for me, it was when I'm showering or walking in nature or right before bed, I'm half asleep, delirious, and like two words would come or a sentence would come and I just grab my phone and type as fast as I can, you know. And sometimes in the beginning, it was just a sentence or a feeling, you know, the zest for life or this awe. Um, and it was when I was connected to my heart and not in my head. But then the more I actually gave myself permission to trust that voice and take note, um, the stronger that muscle became. And I feel like you are kind of um, strengthen strengthening that relationship with your higher self saying, yes, I'm open to guidance. Yes, give me more. I'm listening when you take note and actually follow what it's saying. Because the big thing is everyone's connected, but we just doubt it. We second guess it. I would agree with you 100%. Um, I get mo those moments in the shower that those words pop up and I'll fall out of the shower or, <laughs> and, and I'll make a note and then I'll try and create something from those two words. And I've been doing that a long <laughs> time. Um, one of the things I find the hardest is when I'm driving and mm -hmm. some inspiration will pull up in my mind and if I don't write it down, I'll forget it. <laughs> yeah. But but I yep. can't write it down yeah. because I'm driving. I'm guilty of that too. <laughs> Do you it know? Happens. Yeah. yeah. Or but you know, yep. you know, you're with your kids, and like mm. I'm, I'm working on a book at the moment, and I swear to God, I was in a zone. Something came over me, and I could have wrote the whole book in a weekend. Unfortunately, or fortunately, my children took space and need time yeah. and I lost that because I I lost the weekend because there was mm. needs that people wanted yeah so now I'm writing a book it's taking a little bit longer but I, at that moment in time I could have there was a, an energy there was a feeling there was creativity there was intuition all flowing in that I could have jumped and I could could have stayed awake for 24 hours doing it wow but, but, you know, I would say trust that you didn't have it written down for a reason, right? Like even when the inspiration goes, this is about cultivating trust in life and the universe that is so strong that even those moments are divine and meant to be because when it comes back to you, it's going to be 10 times stronger or better, or maybe you're supposed to have other experiences now with your kids that will inform what comes out next. So it's, it's about letting go of that judgment. Yeah. It's that judgment to like, so then look at that same analogy when you're driving mm -hmm. down the road and you go oh my god and that's great <laughs> you know and you don't you, yeah. you don't do it and like examples I use do you know like in social media you'll see something someone will write a comment on something you go someone wrote a comment that a, a thing that you're following and it was a thing you were following a year and a half ago and you go well what was that and you click on it and you read what you said well right? I read what, mm -hmm. I go, that's really profound yeah. I wouldn't have thought I wouldn't have thought it saying that. Did I yeah. did I did I really say that? Oh my god, mm. that sounds really intelligent. <laughs> yeah. That's proof you're connected. It's you're channeling. Or mad. Mad. Yeah. Mad <laughs> either or on it. Yeah. But the one of the other things as well that with yourself, um income now, it like you're you you've moved to um Australia, you're living in 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 the forest um 
How are you subsidizing your income now? Is it from writing, art? What 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 are you doing? Oh, this is funny. That the first question I've ever been asked about this. Um, so, I mean, everyone's journey is different, but for me, I actually had to take a huge leap of faith because I had an incredible income in Silicon Valley, but of course, five times higher rent <laughs> in San Francisco. But um, when I left to travel the world, I actually. Um, took a baby step and started consulting for entrepreneurs and executives in Silicon Valley just remotely. So I did have an income there month to month um, to feel safe. Like this is my safety net. It's okay. You know, I'm still taking a little baby step towards what I want. But what I realized is that safety net isn't as secure as I thought because um, basically one of my clients, they couldn't pay me for a year and a half. Um, and their company was on the brink of collapsing. So, you know, you never know exactly how secure you are. You know, any of these uh, illusions of security can collapse at any moment. And for me, my soul was calling me to go 100% into the direction of my soul, my highest alignment. I truly believe that the more I follow the momentum of my excitement and my heart, the more I would discover I am provided for by the universe. But you need to take that step, you know, that little leap of faith first. And so I quit. Um, I gave notice to all my clients in Silicon Valley and I quit. And I had about three or four months of doing nothing but listening to my heart, tuning into my energy, really clearing my field. And what I needed to do was let go of this um, need to be productive, to feel worthy, going back to self-worth. Because from childhood, I'd always been about achieving to make my parents proud or achieving to prove myself. And that three months of doing nothing and slowing down, that's when all my demons came out of, what are you doing? You're such a failure. Nothing's going to come. There's no inspiration, right? So, you know, people may say, oh, you were lucky you had a cushion, you know, to fall back on. but I actually really had to test myself and go far. And the more I listened to my intuition, I was guided to certain investments. I was guided to write my book. After those three months, the inspiration for the book came and it was purely channeled. Um, and everything I'm doing now, it feels more aligned and channeled. And um, the biggest thing was letting go of the scarcity mindset of I don't have enough or something bad's going to happen or the other shoe is going to drop. Because um, growing up, I had that poverty mindset. And it's still in me no matter how much I was making in Silicon Valley. It doesn't matter. You could be making so much and still feel poor. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know, a lot of people we know that would be earning millions and still they are feeling lost and, mm -hmm. and don't have a fulfilled life. And it is to do a lot of the mindset and the, the journey mm -hmm. that they're on. But, you know, a lot of us will want to live in with our, with our feet in both worlds. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. for me, I enjoy that, you know, isolation as in I find comfort in my own solitude. You know, for me, walking the dog in the woods is the greatest thing that I have to clear my head. I'm, I'm calling mm. the woods now my uh, creative mind uh, pod because when mm. I go in there and you have the deer and the ducks and everything and the birds <laughs> singing and everything. And then, and the other then is, you know, that's 
my detachment from the construct. Mm-hmm. And then you have family, you know, my wonderful wife who you know, and you know, our great children. And but it's it's you have to be in in a, in a way. You, I don't think you can detach yourself fully like yourself. You can't live in the woods and eat berries yeah. and and. <clears throat> you know, drinking from the stream and getting the bow and arrow out to shoot the banana tree or the, the, I don't yeah. know if you're vegan or not, or, you know, and, and yeah. live. Now, I know I'm rambling, but the woods will provide everything for you if you need it. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. But we are in this arena, public arena, this, this fakery world that we still need need to yeah. be part of to to generate um a living so yes how long did it take you to go from silicon valley to ah oh, that time of totally letting go to where you are now mm, i left silicon valley san francisco in 2017 and i probably stopped consulting remotely for any companies there in probably 2019 or 20. It was at the start of the pandemic where I was like, oh, now is the time because I've been hearing about the global awakening for five years. And finally, that was the sign to me that change is happening. And now it's now or never. And um, I knew it's like, it's funny because when you know intuitively what you're, you want and what your soul is calling you towards, but you still have doubts, you're in the seesaw of one foot in one, one world and one foot trying to reach out into the abyss where you don't have any proof you're going to be caught. I think 2019 was a case of 2020 was a case, you know, uh, you know, everybody was screaming about the economics. Everybody was screaming about political. Yeah. Everyone was screaming about medical. Everybody was screaming out about everything, all those external stuff. And long came, you know, COVID and made everybody then review and look at. And one part was completely you know, held the space and another part of, you know, humanity went along with whatever that was. And you say the great, the awakening and, you know, it's not even for me, it's not even people being awake. It's about people finding that essence inside, no matter what, like, you know, if you believe that wearing a mask is truly wearing a mask will help you, then you are living in, you're you're through being authentic self if you don't believe a mask is necessary and you don't wear it then you're living in your authentic self it's the people who are not living in their authentic self are the ones that i think need to go on that journey need to wake up Mm -hmm. and and are living in that living living in that so Um, but everybody shouldn't be pointing fingers at, oh, you got that Mm -hmm. done, you got this done. And, and that divide, even on both sides. It's not serving. It's not, yeah, it's, you know, as I say, he who has sinned may cast the first stone and everybody has. Yeah. What's, what is, what is life like for you now? Like you said, I mean, this journey, I call it a great awakening, but it is a journey into my heart and into my essence. And um, those tastes in the beginning of that time of bliss, where I really felt like I was the creator of my reality and I could kind of um, 
be connected to my essence and the truth of my soul and follow my heart, that's starting to become more and more anchored in my day-to-day experience. And it's not just rainbows and butterflies. It's sitting through all that work, that inner stuff that comes up and hits you in the face. But the more I do it, the easier it's getting. And I'm noticing that I am feeling different. I am feeling more peaceful. I am able to watch and observe myself. And I feel like this is coming for everyone in their own time. And kind of coming back to um, how do you know you're on the right path, even when you feel stuck, even when you're in the suffocation of I want more in my life, that is your soul guiding you. So that suffocation can be a compass. And the other side of that is excitement. So I would say follow your excitement because it's going to show you the breadcrumbs that you're supposed to or your soul wants to go on. And it will be the path of ease and joy. Your writing, (laughs) your book, your Instagram has helped so many people. You know, I have heard that people will wake up in the morning and read one of your messages and you were actually thinking how they feel and Mm, you have helped them. Mm. So that is wonderful in itself. And your book, um, and I picked up the book this morning and I was going through it and there's a natural, honest authentic flow through your book and the art in it as well is it's beautiful thank you so much what was why the book i know that you you know that internal spark is write the book do the book but what 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 are you hoping to achieve Mm. from the book it's very simple um, because the idea, the inspiration for the book came in meditation and it was this rush of love and joy of, oh my gosh, I want my children to hold this. I want people around the world to hold this and feel that frequency. And it's because we're in this unprecedented time on earth where we're really being called to awaken to the power and beauty of our hearts. And I wanted to create it kind of a time capsule for that, but also just something we could look back and say, wow, we did it. We are doing it. And to help remember, yeah, exactly why we're here on earth. What would you say to the person that is following that journey and they keep pushing it and pushing it, but they're not Mm -hmm. getting anywhere? They're still caught. They haven't, you know, you talk about the law of attraction and you talk about, you know, you know, we spoke earlier before on Neil Donald Walsh and, you know, Greg Braden and, you know, someone who is, you know, just say, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm doing everything and I've been doing everything for years, but I'm still stuck in this hellhole. What do you say to them? So many people feel the same. And the first thing is look at that voice that says, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not doing it right. I'm not enough. Look at that and see if you can be even one degree more gentle with yourself. Because usually the first step, that reason that you feel stuck or in resistance is your own judgment of your path or your progress. And can you take that and instead of the usual reaction of judging yourself, can you put your hand on your heart and love yourself and say, it's okay, I'm going, I'm on my way. It's only going to get better, right? I love myself. I accept myself. I see myself. I see my effort. That self-love is often, or not even if you feel like you can't even get to self-love, at least self-gentleness in your own self-talk. 
that kind of soothes the resistance a little bit to allow you to feel a little bit calmer. And then you can be open to a new idea, new frequency. Um, often, you know, I go to nature, put your feet in the ground and connect with the sun. And that will bring you straight into the present moment. And remember, here at Dublin South FM, we're interviewing plenty of people around the world, conscious leaders, and that's why we have the Conscious Business Podcast, which is part of the Conscious Business Academy, offering purpose, profit, and prosperity in your life through soulful selling, mindful marketing, conscious leadership, and creative culture. You want to reach out to me? It's joedalton.ie. You have an awesome week, and take care and look after yourself. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon.